Yeah, I mean, we go right back on the road, so you know, we we gotta we gotta build on it. Um, you know, you look around the league. I think, you know, we've talked about this. The good teams stop the bleeding quickly. You know, they don't let one or two losses turn into six or seven. I think you're seeing that around the league that some teams fall into that hole. So we we got to make sure we're not one of those teams. That was Dallas Stars head coach Pete DeBoer after his team lost on Friday night to the San Jose Sharks by a score of five to four. And on today's episode, we will go inside the Dallas Stars locker room and hear thoughts from Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger, and Nils Lundqvist. Uh, a bad night at the American Airlines Center, a bad night for the Dallas Stars, but still some positives to take away and a lot to talk about as this team quickly leaves Dallas and heads out on the road for another three-game road trip. Lots to talk about on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Saturday, November 12th, a rare weekend episode. Wish it was a little bit happier, but still here to talk about Friday night's game and get you ready for the game that the Stars play on Sunday. But before we jump in, got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Thank you guys for stopping by, for making us your first listen of the day. If you're listening on the weekend, you are a true, committed Locked On Stars fan, so thank you very much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, subscribe on YouTube, follow on your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen, even on Saturday. Now let's talk about last night's game. Like I said, I wish we had happier things to talk about, but... I guess there are still some good things to take away. Uh, Jake Ottinger is back. Uh, He certainly did not really look like himself in this game at times, but it's still good to see number 29 back between the pipes for this team. Uh, And I don't think that Friday night's game was a accurate representation of what we will be getting from Jake uh, for the majority of the rest of this season whenever he does suit up and play for this team. But all in all, this this was a very frustrating game to watch. This was a game where the Stars needed to come in and snag two points at home. Really weird that they played three on the road, a quick pit stop at home, and then right back on the road, back to uh, the East Coast. I guess they weren't on the East Coast on their last trip, but back on the road, going to the East Coast for some tough games uh, against some teams that are all above 500 right now. But the Stars were not able to do that. And if you watch this game, uh, you know that for a fact. And, you know, this score makes it look a little bit closer than it maybe actually was. But the Stars were just outright beat. uh, And it was a very ugly loss. Sometimes there are quality losses. And sometimes you have losses like Tuesday night's game in Winnipeg and Friday night's game in Dallas against the Sharks. And Jake just had a tough outing overall in his return, allowing five goals on only 18 shots on net. Uh, Just a really, you know, kind of a bad performance, but it certainly is not all on him, although he was very hard on himself, as you'll hear in just a second, got to talk to him after the game. He wasn't, you know, at the peak of his game, and I think that there is something to be said about him coming back from injury, but his teammates also were not doing him a ton of favors, and 
some of his teammates who we talked to after the game, Miro Haskinen and Nils Lundqvist were also very quick to point that out. And I bet if you go around the Stars locker room and ask the other guys on the team, they would all agree that they weren't doing Jake a lot of favors, especially those goals early in the second and third periods. Just sloppy mistakes from the skaters that put Jake in a bad position and the Sharks were able to capitalize and score some quick goals. But let's take a minute now and hear from the man himself, Jake Ottinger, and then we'll also hear from his teammates Miro Haskinen and Nils Lundqvist. I mean, we only had like 20 shots, so um, it's my job to, you know, we scored four goals. You know, you score four goals, you expect to win, and um, you know, I definitely could have made another save or two and at least, you know, helped us get to overtime. So, um, you know, I know I have better and um, I'm just going to you know, do the next game. I'm healthy and I'm ready to go. So, it's, uh, you know, there's no, uh, no easing into it, you know, in this league. And, um, you know, I was hoping for better tonight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. We didn't help, help him enough in, in this game. But, yeah, I think he played, played well, but, yeah, we need to be, be better in front of him. How we didn't play well in... Uh, first 40 minutes, and I think last period was was a lot better, and we had a lot of chances there. But yeah, slow start, and we we need to be better better at the at the beginning of next year. Yeah, obviously, Jake has been unreal for us, and he, he looked great. Uh, so we didn't help him help him much today. He had tough looks, looks, and uh, yeah, obviously, great to have him back. It, it always bums me out to hear Jake after a loss uh, because he is so hard on himself. He is such a fierce competitor, uh, and he knows how good he is. The rest of his team knows how good he is, and especially a game where he needed to have a nice outing and kind of get back in the groove of things. Uh, just a disappointing night overall for him. But I, I, if history is any indication, uh, the next time Jake Ottinger plays, it will likely be a good performance, uh, and he will play very, very well. He was quick to point out that he does feel good physically, uh, which is a good sign. And so hopefully if he does play on Sunday, which I imagine he will in Philadelphia, we'll see uh, a little bit better of a version of Jake Ottinger and hopefully see a little bit better versions of his teammates and the skaters around him. As sad as Friday night's game was to watch, I don't think that that is what we are going to be getting from the Stars consistently over the next several games. I, I certainly do hope that uh, and hope that the right measures will be taken to adjust and correct uh, the issues that are at hand, which is sloppy passes, really just bad mistakes that we haven't really seen this team make. Uh, and one of the things that Coach Pete DeBoer was kind of quick to point out, I believe it was Saad Youssef uh, of The Athletic who kind of asked the question, you know, is there any comfort in knowing that really you're beating yourselves? You're not getting beat by the opponents, especially the San Jose game. Maybe Winnipeg, you say Winnipeg won that game outright. But if you look at Friday's game, I think it's more the Stars got in their own way rather than the Sharks actually, you know, beating the Stars outright. I, I think the Stars made plenty of mistakes that put them in a bad spot, and they dug themselves too deep of a hole. I mean, they tried to rally and come back, uh, but the comeback fell just short, and a lot of that was because they gave up some really bad goals early in the second and third period, and that allowed the Sharks to grab way too much momentum, and the Stars just not able to get back in this game. Well, we're going to keep talking about this game, and we'll try to flip to a little bit more of a positive outlook because there are some good things to take away from this matchup. Jamie Benn almost records a hat trick. He continues to stay hot, and the team was very impressive in the late stages of the third period. More on that after a quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix. It is a Saturday, so if you want to bet some college football, you can do that. College basketball is back. NBA, NFL, NHL, you name it. You can bet all of it at betonline.net. You can head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the sports world. Betonline.net is where the game starts. Moving on on this Saturday episode of Locked on Stars, thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Even on the weekend, we're talking about Friday night's contest between the Dallas Stars and the San Jose Sharks, a tilt that went in favor of the visiting Sharks despite them playing the second night of a back-to-back and the Stars having two days of rest since their previous game. They had not played a game since Tuesday night in Winnipeg, and they did not play Wednesday or Thursday, yet They looked like the team coming off the second game of a back-to-back, while San Jose looked like the well-rested and prepared team in this matchup. And while the first and second period were certainly nothing to write home about for the Stars, there was some good to be salvaged in the late stages of this game. Uh, And, of course, in the early stages, you had Jamie Benn doing Jamie Benn things, doing his best on his own to keep the Stars in the game in the early goings with two goals, uh, a fight after a rough hit on his teammate Ty DeLandria, But we kind of started to see the team finally come together at the end. Unfortunately, it was just too little too late. They they came up short, but there was a great opportunity to at least tie the game and salvage a point. The the push that the Stars had uh, with about 13-ish minutes left in the game was really, really cool to see from this team and really great to see from this team. Uh, I, I think that now that there is a little bit of momentum behind them, it is a very small spark of momentum, but we all know that small sparks can potentially lead to big outburst of flames. And hopefully that's what we'll see from the Stars team on Sunday as they go into Philadelphia. But I do think that that is telling of the Stars team that they didn't want to just roll over and die. There was a very clear effort to get back into this game. We saw Rope Hintz get a nice goal to make it 5-3. And then Joe Pavelski, uh, I mean, very fitting that he scores against his former squad to make it 5-4. And I mean, in that moment, there was a unified belief in the American Airlines Center that the Stars could come back. And they really were trying up until the end. And fate even seemed to intervene. A a shot from the Sharks across the ice, an empty netter bounces off the post. And the Stars getting plenty of icing calls, opportunities, and winning faceoffs in their own zone. It just was not meant to be uh, even an opportunity for Ben to get the hat trick, the uh, shot that deflects off his body and then deflects off the top of the crossbar. Just not meant to be, even though the Stars were trying their hardest to will themselves to a win. And and if you'll remember, uh, the Stars played a game in Boston earlier this season where it was certainly not their best outing, but they did have a decent nice third period that you know sparked just a little bit of momentum and they rode that momentum in the next several games and that resulted in a nice handful of wins for this team and that was a question that Mike Heike senior staff writer for the Stars asked Nils Lundqvist after the game uh, if you know the momentum generated in the third period could be sustainable and if it could carry over into the next handful of games on the road. Yeah exactly yeah Uh, we we felt like uh, something needed to happen, and, and I felt like we did a, a good part, a good push, and um, yeah, uh, obviously came up short, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, bouncing back and, and play a good, solid uh, road game against Philly. It's no secret that the Dallas Stars have played two consecutive really bad games, but it is very important that they keep their composure going forward. They're still in a good spot. 
They, you know, the nice start to the season has allowed them now to have games like this, although you never want to see games like this. If you must lose games and, you know, lose badly to teams that you should beat, it's nice to at least have those wins wrapped up where you're still in a decent position as far as standings go and points go uh, for your team across the league. They're still in a good spot and they can very much compete with these three teams. It's not going to be easy to compete against the Flyers, Lightning, and Panthers, but they are games that if the Stars play their best and don't commit dumb mistakes and dumb sloppy turnovers and bad passes, they can very much be competitive in these games and have an opportunity to win. And Coach Pete DeBoer gave some insight on that after the game. I mean, we handed them, you know, Regardless of what the shot clock said, I thought we'd just handed them three or four goals, just, you know, mistakes or uh, mismanagement, uh, missed assignments. So, you know, you're going to hand another team three or four goals, you're going to be in a game like that. That's that's what it looks like. I didn't like any of our Winnipeg game. Um, you know, tonight I, I really didn't like our first period. But, you know, after that I thought, you know, we were actually pretty decent other than you know, a couple just, uh, you know, bad, bad decisions that ended up in our net, you know, for the last 40 minutes, I actually thought we played pretty well. So I guess that's the silver lining. You know, we put Otter in a tough spot tonight with some of the chances we gave up. I mean, you guys heard it at the top of the show with the audio from Pete DeBoer, the good teams stop the bleeding. I mean, you look around the league, you have St. Louis. I think they're a great example of what Coach DeBoer was talking about. They won the first three games of the regular season, and then they proceeded to lose eight games in a row. They could not stop the bleeding. They could not stop dropping games. They could not buy a win when they needed one. They now recently uh, have won a game. They actually beat the San Jose Sharks on Thursday night before they came to Dallas, but it's situations like that that the Stars 100% absolutely need to avoid here. They they got to find a way to get some wins, get some wins consecutively. I mean, you, this is a tough road trip. This is by no means going to be an easy stretch of games. And even when they come home, there is some good competition coming to the American Airlines Center. The Islanders are good. The Avalanche are good. The Blackhawks are maybe good. The verdict is still kind of out on what the Chicago Blackhawks are this season. But I mean, you look at the schedule home and away. A lot of difficult games upcoming for the Stars. they got to find a way to rally together, play their brand of hockey, and specifically on this road trip, you have to find a way to get at least four points out of this trip. Three is the bare minimum, but you got to get two regulation wins at least on this road trip if you want to be able to sustain what you've built up to this point in the season. And I know it's tough. The Stars have, it feels like they're just playing on the road a lot to start the season, which is true. They've played the majority of their games away from the American Airlines Center, which means later in the year they will have more home games. I was talking with Sam Nestler after the game, and I believe it's the month of February that all of their games but one or two uh, are at the American Airlines Center. So we have that to look forward to, but that is way in the future. you got to deal with what is in front of you at the moment, and at the moment, for the Stars, that is road games. And you got to find a way to overcome that, overcome the adversity, get out of your own way, play good, solid team hockey like we've seen this team do, and grind out some tough, gritty wins against some good quality opponents. It's easier said than done, but the good team stopped the bleeding, and we're going we're to find out over the next week or so if the Dallas Stars are truly a good team. All right, let's close out this weekend episode of Locked on Stars. Uh, the Stars do play again on Sunday afternoon, uh, around, I believe, noon, 1 o'clock Central Time, in Philadelphia, I believe noon central time, uh, one o'clock Eastern time. This game uh, is actually going to be game two 
of a back-to-back for the Philadelphia Flyers. You're listening to this on a Saturday. They play a home game, another afternoon game against the Ottawa Senators at home, and then they will play Dallas on Sunday afternoon, which I I never want to, you know, make a bunch of takes on this podcast that are based on gut feelings or just, you know, vibes type takes, but back-to-back afternoon games are are cursed. That just feels weird. Uh, even if they are home games for the Flyers, I just know from Stars experiences, weekend afternoon games are always kind of funky. Uh, even just the atmosphere in the arena, watching the games, the play sometimes feels a little bit messier on both sides. And I know Philadelphia is the home team, but that back-to-back, on two back-to-back midday weekend games just feels weird. So I, I feel like that's something that should be to an advantage of the Dallas Stars, as goofy as that sounds, but that I don't know. If, if the Stars were in that situation, I would not be optimistic for back-to-back home afternoon games. It just feels absolutely cursed, and we'll see if the Flyers are up for it. That's out of the way. Let's actually talk about this Flyers team and what they bring to the table. Obviously, this Flyers team has been through a little bit of a change. John Tortorella comes in in the offseason as the new head coach of the team. Many expected them to be a basement dweller, and while they're not the best team in the National Hockey League, they got off to a good start, but now have recently seemed to have come back to earth before their game with the Ottawa Senators. They were 7-4-2 and two as of Friday night for 5th in the Metropolitan Division, and this is an interesting team that hasn't really had a ton of change as far as the personnel from last year. They added a few new players, obviously have a new coach, but it's a lot of the same faces in Philadelphia that we saw last season. It's very clear that the Flyers' best overall skater right now is 25-year-old Travis Konechny. He has five goals, 10 assists, 15 points in total, 13 games played so far this season. He's been a really nice, steady piece for the Flyers since his debut with the team. He's a guy who's been dominating the sport of hockey at the junior level. He was a great player in the OHL before getting drafted by the Flyers, and now he's kind of become one of the focal pieces of the Flyers' offense, especially this season under Coach Tortorella. Only 25 years old and is above a point per game right now. Certainly got to be on the lookout for him when he's on the ice, and they have a few other scoring threats as well. Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee were members of this team last season. Hayes, two goals, 10 assists on the year. Farabee, three goals, five assists, and they added players like Tony D'Angelo from Carolina. In the offseason, three goals and six assists for defenseman Tony D'Angelo. And this is a team overall. They have names that you might recognize, uh, you know, if you follow the league pretty well. Is oh, These are pretty decent offensive players. But overall, this Philadelphia team is not going to blow you away offensively, which is something that hopefully the Stars can take advantage of defensively. The Flyers are 31st in the NHL in goals four with only 35, and their power play is only the 22nd best in the league. The power play only connecting 19.5% of the time, but where the Flyers have been getting the majority of their wins is from their best player, which, you know, you notice I said earlier, Konechny, probably their best skater, but I think the best player so far this year on this Flyers team has been their goalie. Carter Hart, the 24-year-old who is 6-1-2 on the year with a 2.09 goals against average and a 9-4-1 save percentage, which is very good numbers. And Carter Hart's a guy that the Flyers have been hoping would come along and would continue to develop and be a high-quality starting goalie. And he has been just that for this Flyers team so far this season. I think along with Jake Ottinger, you look at some of the best goalies in the league this season. It's Ottinger, and then I think right next to him or right behind him, you have Carter Hart and maybe Thompson in Vegas as well. But 
Hart has been fantastic for this Flyers team so far this season, and he's a reason why they've, you know, why they're above 500 right now, why they've won seven games. But I think that they're slowly starting to figure out that leaning entirely on your goaltender isn't super sustainable. Eventually, you got to find a way to score goals, which, as I mentioned, they have not been great at so far this season. But we also have a team like the San Jose Sharks, who haven't been just a dynamite team offensively this year. The Winnipeg Jets haven't been dynamite offensively this season, and they found a way to score five on the stars. So just because they're a bad offensive team doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk defensively for the stars. But hopefully that gives Jake Gottinger an opportunity to have a nice rebound game. And hopefully the defenseman can contain whatever looks the Flyers aim to get. It's a very winnable game, probably the easiest game on this road trip, but you do have to respect the Philadelphia Flyers. Take them seriously. Otherwise, you can find yourself down 5-2 again somewhere early in the third period and dig yourself in too deep of a hole where you are not able to come out. But the Stars also need to do a better job of trying to draw penalties. Not very many power play opportunities for them in that game Friday night against San Jose. I think if they can win the special teams battle and get good looks on the power play, I think they have a great opportunity to win this game. But that is going to do it for this weekend episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you guys again for listening. I know it's weird for an episode to come out on a Saturday. I don't expect everyone that normally listens to tune in today. But again, if you did tune in, thank you so much. I very much do appreciate it. Be sure if you're new to the show to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform as well. We are free and available no matter where or how you may choose to listen. And you can also find us on social media at Locked On Stars on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. And we'll be back here on Monday with a recap and recounting of what goes down in Philadelphia on Sunday. And we'll be looking ahead for a busy week on the East Coast for the Stars, Philadelphia, Tampa, and then a date with the Florida Panthers on Thursday. Should be a fun week, and we're going to learn a lot about this Stars team over the next seven days or so. Should be a lot of fun. I'm excited, but also very nervous, and I hope you guys enjoy your weekend, enjoy your Saturday, stay warm, stay safe, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Monday.